0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Most of us, if not all of us, have experienced the sensation of either walking into a room or having a conversation We're doing something for the first time and having that feeling that we've been there before. That can even happen with everyday events like it did to me on Friday when I got into the car with my son just to go out for a drive. I felt like not just other times that I've done that with him, but like that particular moment had happened before. We all know that feeling, what we call déjà vu, which is simply French for we've already seen that. There's a sense in which Advent presents us with something that we've already seen as we think about the second coming and look back on the first. The lectionary for the second Sunday of Advent regularly juxtaposes these readings, one that concerns the second coming and another about the incarnation. This intentional pairing encourages us to consider that Jesus' coming in his infancy and then later as king and ruler and judge are not entirely dissimilar events. As we look toward the second coming, there are aspects in which we do and should have some amount of a déjà vu reaction, something that we've already seen before. As we look at our passages this morning, I want to consider the question of how we are to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Because although that Peter and Mark are writing about very distinct events, they both talk about preparing for the coming of Christ and what such preparation looks like. I'm calling that this morning the deja vu of Advent. As stated in his introduction to his second general epistle, Peter's goal in this letter is to remind his readers about God's promises and to encourage them to be diligent in their life of faith. In the verses immediately before our passage today, Peter is aware and recognizes that there are scoffers, those who doubt God's promise, and specifically the promise of Christ to return. It's already been some amount of time when Peter writes his letter since Christ has departed. A few decades likely have passed, and people were doubting the promise. Christ said he was coming, but he hasn't done so yet. Perhaps he's not going to. A few thousand years later, we certainly have no shortage of scoffers who might doubt the same thing. Peter declares that a problem with that line of thinking is the simple fact of our own human limitations in regards to time. Although our span of life might be 80 or even a hundred years, that time pales in comparison with creation and with how God experiences it. A single day for us might as well be a thousand years to God, Peter says, quoting Proverbs 90, verse 4. And he flips it, says even a thousand of our years, is but just a day with God. God experiences time not in the way that you or I do. He is in most ways outside of it and beyond it. He's not limited in his time, or the way we think of his time is not how we might think of you or I being late to a meeting. God is not late, Peter says, and rather than thinking of him in this way, he encourages us to think differently about God and about the time that he yet gives us, that his delay of returning is rather an act of patience, of grace, and out of a desire to see all people come to a saving knowledge of God. And yet, as we've heard in numerous passages over the last several weeks, Peter reiterates that Jesus is indeed going to come. And not just coming like a master home, but coming with vengeance and a fiery destruction that all of the heavens and the earth will pass away at this great second coming. This is not a new prophecy either. Isaiah, Zephaniah, Malachi, and Joel are among the prophets who put forth this destruction of the world by fire. But Peter is quick to remind us that our hope is not in this world, but that we as Christians look forward with promise of a new heaven and a new earth. And he asked the question that I want us to consider this morning, how then shall we live? If we look forward to these things, if we know that Christ is coming, what do we need to do to be prepared? In answer to that question, Peter's phrase for what it means to live the Christian life is that we should, quote, Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Without spot, blameless. That's a rather hard standard. I know my own shortcomings day by day and moment by moment. How indeed are we to be so pure, so holy? Peter gives other words in his text that we should have holy conversations. We should strive to be godly. We should grow in our understanding and application of grace to ourselves and others to increase our knowledge and understanding of God and of Jesus Christ. And yet, as we were reminded even last week, such a way of living, such attempts to be blameless or spotless is nothing we can do of our own effort. How, then, do we accomplish it? Thankfully, Mark's gospel gives us a little bit more to hang our hats on and a little bit more clarity. As Mark began his gospel, he, too, relies on the prophets, specifically Isaiah, who had written hundreds of years prior about there being one who will come to prepare the way of the Lord, crying out, Make straight in the desert a highway for God. Following the recitation of this prophecy, Mark immediately puts John the Baptist in the wilderness as the one who fulfills it. Thus, the message of John the Baptist is the message of what it means to prepare the way for the Lord to prepare for Christ to enter into the world and into our lives. The first aspect of John's message is simple and plain and yet challenges us greatly. You need to confess your sins. You need to be diligent to turn from them. You need to be cleansed in the waters of baptism. We need to be washed clean of the stains of our sinful life. And if you're thinking we just heard that in the epistle and having a deja vu moment, you're right. Mark's language that he puts in John about repenting and being cleansed in the waters of baptism is almost exactly Peter's call for us to be spotless and blameless. Preparing for God's presence always requires the same thing. Confession, repentance, and cleansing. But it is the second part of the message that tells us how we can actually achieve it. Since we can't do this on our own, John is quick to point out that his baptism is only with water. There is one coming after whom we know as Jesus, the Messiah, who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. In our own baptism, continued and affirmed in our confirmation, we confess our sin and our need for redemption. We are cleansed from our sin and most importantly, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one God with us who helps enable us to live the holy, spotless, and blameless life that we are called to live. It enables us to be prepared for Christ to come into our lives not only at the end of the world, but daily. So how do we prepare for the second coming of Christ? We need to do the thing which we did at first when Christ first came into your life. And we do this renewed every week each time we gather for worship as we are given again and again the opportunity to become pure and spotless before God as we confess our sins and receive absolution, especially in preparing for the Eucharist. When we prepare to receive Christ and have him come into our very bodies as we receive the sacrament, we continue again and again the pattern of confession, of repentance, and cleansing, which is what John preached and St. Peter also calls the continual cleansing of our souls. Of course, if you're not yet a baptized Christian, then I invite you to consider Christ's claim as being the Lord and Savior and to seek those waters of baptism. To the rest of us, I give you Peter's words, be diligent. Or Paul's words, live a life worthy of your calling, remembering that our hope is not in this world but in the God who promises the glorious joys of a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth, and that with such hope we can indeed strive to be holy and be godly with the gracious help of the Holy Spirit. May we continue to grow in grace and knowledge of God. May God give you his peace this Advent season. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.